Okay, so the next step in the law of criminal procedure and in the process, um, criminal process is that the accused be brought before court. And the accused can be taken to court, brought before court in two ways. Either the accused will be served with a, a summons, what we refer to as a summons in the lower court, or the accused will be uh, um, brought to, be, to court by being served with an indictment. And an indictment is the language that we use in the higher court, right? So either the accused receives the summons or the accused receives the indictment and the accused must now go to court, right? The summons or the indictment is calling the accused to court and it's saying, uh, accused, can you please ensure that you are at such and such a court by such and such a date at such and such a time, right? So these the summons or these the indictment and the accused must proceed to make his way to the lower court in the case of summons and to the higher court in the case of indictment. So the other way in which accused can be brought to court is via arrest. So Arrest is not always going to be used, right? Arrests are only used in certain circumstances, and that is, and it's used in those circumstances where there is reason to believe, right? There is a legitimate reason to think that the accused person, if we say he must come before court and he must be proved before court, and we give him a summons or we serve him with an indictment, that there is a reasonable chance, is reason to believe that the accused will try and escape. Uh, prosecution, be it escape uh, via becoming a fugitive or going into hiding or leaving the country. So if there's any kind of reason to believe that the accused is going to uh, make, uh, try to make a getaway, then the accused will be brought to court before uh, by an arrest, okay? But when the arresting officer uh, proceeds to arrest the accused, it's important to remember that there's an obligation on the side of the arresting officer to read certain rights to the accused. And we know this from the crime movies in America. You have the right to remain silent. Um, so these type of things in America, they refer to it as the Miranda rights. And the reason why they call it the Miranda rights is because it stems from a old, I think, 1966 case it is, uh, concerning Miranda versus Arizona. And in that case, in American jurisprudence, it was crystallized. The courts ruled that when a police officer arrests the accused, certain rights must be read out to him. But we have no need for uh, Miranda rights because our Miranda rights are reflected in Section 35.1 in particular of the Constitution. So you're going to familiarize yourself with Section 35. But in particular, when you're dealing with the arrest of accused, you are dealing with the rights in Section 35.1. So for instance, the police officer who is now effecting the arrest has to tell the accused that they have the right to remain silent, um, has to tell the accused that they have a right to legal representation. And you will see that that right, that right to legal representation is not necessarily a right to legal representation at the expense of the state. So if you go look at the language of Section 35.1 closely, you will see that it's not the state that is necessarily obliged to ensure that that accused person has legal representation. Be that as it may, the accused person has the right to legal representation, has the right to remain silent. In addition, if someone you know gets arrested, you can say it's your constitutional right under Section 35.1 of the Constitution in the Bill of Rights that you must be appear before court within 48 hours, right? Of course, there will be slight exceptions in terms of if it's public holidays and it falls over weekends, but by and large, there's the 48-hour rule, right, which is only uh, departed from 
uh, where there these public holidays and where there is weekends, but then of course the accused person must appear in court um, as soon as possible thereafter, or immediately thereafter rather. Um, then the next thing to remember is that when it comes to infecting an arrest, the uh, arrest would inevitably take place via warrant. Right? So the, the police officers will secure a warrant of arrest. But there is exceptional circumstances in which the arrest will take place uh, even without the warrant. But I'm not going to go into the details of those exceptional circumstances. But if you go and have a look at Section 40 and 42 of the Criminal Procedure Act, you will see that those um, special circumstances, those exceptional circumstances are listed there. So that is an arrest, right? And the other way we mentioned that the accused can be brought before the court is via a summons or an indictment. And that route will be followed in terms of bringing the accused to court in instances where there is no reason to believe that the accused will try and make a getaway. There's no reason to believe that this accused is going to try and escape justice and escape being prosecuted. So in those instances, you'll receive a summons. For instance, a lot of you might be familiar. You might have received it yourself or your parents or a friend might have received it or a family member when that letter, that red letter comes in the post and says, okay, you haven't uh, paid your fine, uh, your traffic fine, um, your speeding fine, and you've now been summoned to court, right? So that would be a summons that is not bringing the accused person to court for having violated traffic rules and regulations and that summons they are using because of the fact that they don't think that in giving you the summons you're all of a sudden going to say oh my word I'm accused of uh, breaking a traffic law let me leave the country right there's no reason to believe that you're going to try and make an escape in those circumstances so where there's a summons or an indictment of course a summons is served on an accused person who must make themselves uh, who must present themselves in the, the, the lower court and in instances where you are dealing with an accused person in a higher court, the indictment will be served on the accused person who must then make his way to the higher court, his or her way, and then the indictment is presented in the higher court. So we have an accused person who receives a summons, that summons is served on the accused, that means that the accused has to appear in the lower court, and that summons will be then presented to the, to the, to the court, right, to the lower court. Alternatively, the accused will receive an indictment that is served on the accused. That means that the accused must appear in the higher court and that that indictment is then going to be read out and presented in, high, in the higher court.